Well, welcome to The Journey. Uh, my name is Kevin Polkey, and I am the host of The Journey. And we have a special guest with us today, uh, Laura Kane from Marshmallows Hope. And Laura has been with us, um, uh, has been on the show before, and she's told her story. And And I think the Laura, the last time that you were on on, on the show is right after you had, well, I think you've been on twice. I think it was right after you released a book, um, your first book. And then, and then last year I had you on, um, during suicide awareness month. And so this, this may, I think this is actually your third time being on, um, on the show. So, uh, yeah, thank you for having me back. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. And I know you, uh, marshmallows has now evolved. Um, how long has marshmallows been in existence? So a little over two years, we just had our two year anniversary in September. Got you. And I know that there has definitely been some things uh, that have evolved over just just specifically in the last couple of months. Um, so some new opportunities that have happened and some new funding that has gone through. But but before we get into all that, um, maybe just kind of share with the listeners uh, a little bit about um, uh a little bit about Zachary, a little bit about what life was was like, uh, you know, a few years ago, and then and and then what happened, and then kind of bring us up to speed where we're at today. Absolutely. So, um, my son Zachary passed away in 2018, and prior to that, for over a decade, I had been a single mom of three amazing kids. Um, I was proud of where we were in life. I was in sales. My career was thriving. You know, I had just bought my dream home. Um, and so life was good. But then, unfortunately, um, September 16th of 2018, my 14-year-old son ended his own life by suicide. And um, I can tell you that ever since, like, my entire life has shifted. I'm not the person who I used to be. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it changed me as a, as, as an individual and it changed my path, you know, mm -hmm. my life is totally different of where I was prior to. Yeah. And, and we, and uh, you and I've had this conversation numerous times and have talked about the, the ripple effect when someone dies um, by suicide, that there's such a, a, a ripple effect. And there's, I mean, there's always going to be a ripple effect when, when a child dies, right. Just, just from the simple aspect of, of that, it's, it's so counterintuitive. We, you know, we we're supposed to out, our children are supposed to outlive us. And so that, that is one thing, but but with any with any age, when someone dies by suicide, there's so many unknowns um, that 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 are only known by the person who dies, in, in spite of all the clues that we can try to piece together. So, um, so when you say that there there was definitely a a, a Laura before and now a Laura since um, or a Laura after, I I know that to be true, not just with yourself, as I know your story, um, you know, quite well over the years, but other people as well. So, um, I know the, that you have a couple pictures behind you that, uh, that, uh, are, 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 uh, likings of, of Zachary and, um, mm -hmm. and though those were of the videos that I've seen and of the pictures you've shown me, uh, that, that smile is definitely one of the things that stands out to me besides flipping, um, and, and doing, <laughs> uh, doing gymnastic tricks. Um, it seems to be one of the things that that is implanted in my memory um, in my thought process of, uh, of who Zachary is. Yeah, he, I mean, 
out of the three kids, not that I would have ever in a million years imagined any of them dying before me, right? As you stated, but out of my three children, he was honestly like who in that, that smile, that's who he was. He was always, always happy, always wanted to make others smile and laugh, um, bring people up when they were down. Um, he just was <clears throat> truly, I, what I saw was a truly happy individual. And so when this happened, um, it completely shocked me. And you're right, you know, suicide and it just, it left me behind with so many like whys, what ifs, um, should haves, right? And over the years, I've had to really work on letting go of those things because if not, it mentally wears me down, you know? So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a difficult journey for sure. So one of the things that, as you as you describe Zachary as being someone who was was seemed to be happy, uh, seemed to always want to help other people, wanted to, to make other people happy, you know, some of the listeners may you know go, well, then why would he? Well, what would have happened to to bring him to a dark place? And and so I know that as we get into start talking about marshmallows, maybe from what you piece together now regarding Zachary. And then we'll we'll move into the Zachary's of the world, the Zows. What um maybe kind of gives give us a little bit of insight of what you've now looking back on it because our, our ability to see things from looking backwards is usually much greater than when we're in the moment itself. So maybe maybe some of the maybe some insights that you that you've thought or discovered or theorized why Zach Zachary found himself in that darkness. Um, well, since this happened to me and trying to get, get the answers that I know I'll never definitive, definitively will have, right? I went back to school and I began to educate myself on, on this topic. And what I have found is that, first of all, you know, education is the key to prevention. Um, I wasn't educated in this topic or like the red flag signs, the risk factors of suicide. But I can tell you that now, having gone through this, I can check off all of the red flag signs, even though I saw this happy individual, right? Um, towards the end of his life, he was starting to withdraw from his friends and from his family. And I attributed that to, he's just a normal teenager going through, you know, normal teenage angst. Um, he started, um, yeah, he started losing interest in the things that he loved um, towards like the last couple of weeks of his lifetime. So for example, he loved to play the piano. He taught himself how to play the piano. And I mean, this kid would play 24 seven. Well, the last couple of weeks, he kind of had stepped away from the piano altogether. And that's one of the risk factors. That's one of the red flag signs is that they lose interest um, on the things that they normally would love to do. So um, I've, again, I, you know, I can check off all the red flag signs and I just, I didn't know. So now I fight for educating parents, um, you know, about these things, because maybe my story would be different had I been educated. And, um, you know, the other risk factor or the other, um, the other thing that I think contributed to it was that we did have a history of trauma in our lives. You know, I was a domestic violence survivor, even though I left um, Zach's father when, you know, the kids were little, all of 
that trauma, I think, played a part in it as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are there are definitely things that now that I've been educated in this topic, I can, you know, factor into why he would have made the decision that he did. Will I ever truly know? Absolutely not. But I can tell you that from statistics and um, just an educational point of view, I can definitely pinpoint those things. Sure, sure. And and so that's yeah. And in the midst of your own grief, in the midst of 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 trying to heal and try to you know your own recovery post Zachary's death in September of of eighteen, Marshmallow's hope started. So maybe give you just a little bit of background about how that started and 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 or or and why did it start and and what is it doing now. Yeah. So, um, you know, prior to this happening to me, Kevin, like I never knew anybody who had died by suicide and I had never met any family who had lost a loved one to suicide. And during COVID, um, in the middle of like my own grieving and my darkest moments, I began to hear about more youth suicides around our nation. And I felt very compelled, like I need to do something, you know, this can't be happening to other families. Um, and so I started initially posting motivational messages on Zachary's social media, on his Snapchat, just encouraging kids to keep going, not give up. You know, I would I would say things like I would post kind of a goofy picture with like the Snapchat filters of myself and and saying to kids, you know, if you're seeing this and, and you're having thoughts of suicide, this is the sign that you need to keep living. Um, and so kids actually started um, responding to my snaps and opening up to me about their own struggles and their own thoughts of suicide, their own thoughts um, or battles with depression. And I then took it a step further and started picking up kids, taking them out to eat, just spending one-on-one time with them, going bowling, um, you know, going disc golfing. We couldn't do a lot during the pandemic. Um, but, you know, I got to just do one-on-one individual activities with them. And when I saw that this was having a really positive impact on these kids, I thought, why not make this a thing? And then I started to research, how do I open a 501c3? And that's how Marshmallows was truly born. Hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I then thought about Zach. And so Zachary had a um, big brother in his life. We had him when he was about 10 years old. Um, I had put him since he was growing up without a dad. I had signed him up for um, a program called Big Brothers, Big Sisters here in in the Rockford community. And Zach had been on this wait list for two years. Well, he had finally gotten called or we had gotten called that there was a match um, two years later. And so we were super excited. He met this this gentleman who's actually now the the president of Marshmallows Hope, his name is Rich Foster. And they hung out for maybe about a month. And then we got this devastating letter saying, due to lack of funding, the Big Brothers, Big Sisters uh, program is closing. Please cease all contact. And so um, anyway, we decided they would continue their relationship. And when I thought about Marshmallows Hope, I wanted to do something that modeled that relationship. And then I thought, you know what, wait a minute, like that's, that's what I'm already doing for these kids. And so the main program of the organization is called Hero Mentors. 
but it's just a one-on-one mentorship program for kids 9 to 19 who are living with these mental emotional illnesses, victims of child abuse, um, post-traumatic stress, suicidal ideations. Mm. Um, But really, that's how that all came about. And um, and now, um, you know, in gaining um, education, uh, so later on during COVID, I one of my really, really, one of my personal mentors ended up losing um, his Marine son, or I'm sorry, her Marine son to suicide. And that just hit me like a ton of bricks all over again. It was as if I had lost my own child and I had never experienced that type of pain for somebody else, you know? Um, But I was devastated when I found that out and I thought, all right, um, the veteran community, it's known that they are very high risk for suicide. What can we do? Um, And actually, um, you know, with school and actually from you, I I began to educate myself about uh, protective factors. What can we do to put as many protective factors in place for people who are struggling? Um, And if you want to define a protective factor for people, maybe we should do that in case they don't know what it is. That's a that's a great point. Yes. Um, and, and so um, so when we probably the simplest thing, right? And this and especially like with a pandemic, if it's taught us nothing else, it's taught us that we can't control all the stress factors or all the all the factors that are out there that are gonna put stress into our life or when we talk about someone who's at risk of suicide, we talk about risk factors. It could be uh uh, being a victim of sexual assault or domestic violence or struggling with an eating disorder or, you know, uh, financial instability or um, some type of mental illness that is activated. These are all what we would consider risk factors. And even though we can educate ourselves and be aware of those risk factors and we can start treating those risk factors, we the research is pretty clear that the person who has the the highest ratio of protective factors is least likely to um, complete suicide or, or or in that in that way even attempt suicide the, it's it's really the the protective factors is is really um, the the more protective factors that an individual has and so what is a protective factor protective factor would be um, something that they that person knows or a person knows that they can't they can't do anything to themselves because of the impact it would have on that protective factor. So like a um, an example maybe is a, a family pet may be a protective factor that they they would a person would say, I'm suicidal. I don't want to live anymore, but I know that Charlie, the the cat, uh, needs me to take care of him, and I wouldn't want anything to happen to Charlie. So even though they may not necessarily see value in their own life because of the darkness, because of the pain they're in, they know that Charlie's life is valuable to them, and so they'll stay alive to take care of Charlie. And, and so that would be an example, or it could be um, a, a faith group, or it could be a circle of friends. It could be um, a, a purpose or a sense at, uh, within a vocation or, or a volunteering or, or um, you know, good friends. The, the, so, and the reason why we want people to have multiple protective factors is because we, we know in the midst of all those things that I described, 
are relational. And we know that in relations, relationships, for them to be authentic and and um, genuine, there also is then is a risk for conflict because to be authentic and genuine means that you have to have honest conversations. And sometimes honest conversations lead to not seeing things exactly the same. And so that's why a person, it, it's important for them to have multiple protective factors so that they aren't reliant just on one. In other words, if Charlie's getting older, the cat Charlie's getting older, and we know that the person is saying that the only reason why they're alive is because of Charlie, then we know that at some point we need to get Charlie a playmate. <laughs> we need to get another dog or a cat, another animal, because we don't want everything to be based on Charlie, um, because the odds are the the, the person's going to outlive the pet um i guess unless it's like a turtle or something um so uh so so we want we want to make sure um that that protected that that there's uh more than one protective factor that the person has um become aware of and surrounded themselves with. anything yeah, you want to absolutely. add to that yeah well um just you know protective factors mitigate the risk of suicide and, and that's really what I focus on. That's what I've, I've learned through my studies, through you. Um, and so that's, you know, when, when I was thinking about, you know, how do I help the veteran population? How do we put those um, protective factors in place for these guys to help mitigate that risk? Um, then I thought, you know what, we're already doing it. We have the hero mentor program. Why not take these guys who are part of a high-risk adult population and pair them up with, with what we call the Zals, the Zacharies of the world, these kids who are struggling. And so that's really how we developed the Hero Mentor Program. And that led us to Edwards Air Force Base, where we currently run um, the Hero Program for active duty airmen, um, because we realized that you know active duty service members, um, veterans, and first responders, they're all part of a, an at-risk adult population that um, has a higher likelihood of ending their own life by suicide. And so we just really want to be that light in, in, in their darkness, you know, and put these, um, these protective factors in place through the HERO program. So by them mentoring a child who they know is already at risk, we don't assess the adults, so we don't know if the adults are thinking about suicide, right? But what we're hoping to do um, is that by them knowing that they are mentoring a child who is at risk, um, that we're giving them that protective factor. If they do get into that darkness, they're less likely to end their own life um, because they don't want this kid looking up to them to do the same thing. Right. And so we've also combined the program with um, counseling services. And, and that's where the Winnebago County um, funding that we just currently received comes into play. Uh, but I don't know if you want me to go into that yet. Yeah. And you said, and I just, just for the listeners to, to, you know, in, in case somebody has, you know, uh, you know, a teenager who may be struggling or know somebody who is a, has a teenager that is struggling and they would want to get involved with the programming when, when the mentors though, even though you're not uh, continually screening the, the mentors, there is a screening process and an application process that they go through, correct? 
Yes, absolutely. So um, they go through resilience training. And what we actually do through our resilience training, well, first, everybody goes through a criminal background, we, we have to make sure that we're placing kids with adults who are safe, right, according to the criminal background. Um, so we don't accept anybody, unfortunately, that has any sort of criminal um, activity in their background. And so anyways, we then put them through a resilience training. And the first thing that we say in our resilience training is how do you know if you're fit to be a mentor and then we talk about you know if you see these signs within yourself then you may not be fit to be a mentor and we talk about you know um again we go we take them through like the risk factor red flag signs of of suicide to let them know that hey it's okay for for you not to be okay. But if you are feeling this way, these are the resources we have available for you. And we're not saying that you can't mentor in the future. But right now, this would be the best route, you know, is to get you the help that you need before you're fit to become a mentor. And so that's what we do through the training is we try to plant those seeds in these guys minds um, to make sure that if they do see something within themselves that we give them access to reaching out before we pair them up with a child. So, Thank you. um, and so kind of moving into the piece that you talked about regarding, um, you know, obviously a natural, a natural aspect of the mentor program would be, you know, doing referring for counseling because we already know that the Zows are at risk. Um, and, and so that it's, it's a natural, uh, it, that there's going to be potentially needed more than just mentoring that, that, uh, that the adolescent would need more than that. So, so then you'd be referring out for counseling, but, but tell us a little bit about what, what, um, roadblocks you were running into, um, uh, over the last couple of years, uh, as you, as you got more and more involved with the mentoring program, what what did what what's what roadblocks or gaps did you notice within the within the Rockford community? Well, unfortunately, we were running into extensive wait lists. So oftentimes, kids that were being referred to us, they had um, already attempted suicide, and they were coming out of you know um, an emergency visit um, at Swedish American Hospital or now UW. And when they would come to our program, you know, we at the time we have great partnerships that we've built in the community, but because of the need, because of the high demand um, that, you know, the pandemic created, we were running into these extensive wait lists. And a couple of times or, you know, a couple of instances, we had kids who, to give you an example, like they, we had one that attempted in December. And then we like they couldn't find counseling services, outpatient treatment of any kind um, until three months later, until March. Um, and then again, it was happening. Um, we had a child who attempted in March and he couldn't get, you know, counseling services until June. So when you think about that time frame, right, like 90 days to have to wait um, when you're in that crisis situation, it's, it's deadly. It's a deadly combination. We're setting these kids up for failure and we are uh, potentially going to have them attempt again, right? And, and possibly succeed. So we wanted to really um, create a program where we didn't have to, to go through that. And so we were able to actually utilize, you know, interns through KP Counseling, 
um, which we were super grateful for to help us get these kids in treatment. But what we really wanted was to um, get funding so that we could contract our own licensed counselors um, through Marshmallows Hope and completely bypass those wait lists. Okay. And, and so through a series of, uh, of like many things, right. When we look at funding, um, that starts and stops and, 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 you know, uh, you know, celebration and heartache and all those things, it's all, it's all part of, of this. And, and especially because marshmallows is such a young, uh, a young program uh, that that also has its its own stumbling blocks um, from a standpoint of who is competing for those funding. But you were granted, um, a, a, you know, a, a, a breakthrough amount of money uh, to change to truly change marshmallows just recently, and 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 now um, you're able to not only yourself to be um to be on staff and you actually get paid and then to have a part-time is it a part-time assistant or mm-hmm. part-time assistant yep. and then as well as being able to uh, uh you know pay for 40 hours a week of of um licensed counselors to be available um so that's huge that's a huge huge thing um i know that as you've you've experienced as we've been walking through this uh there has been um, still stumbling blocks, right? Still, still um, things that we learn because it's a startup, and this, these are all things that we that we learn. What what things would you say, uh, Laura? Have you learned? Ab- what have you learned about yourself that you wouldn't have learned in the last, let's say, just last two months? What things have you learned about yourself that you wouldn't have learned if? On one hand, this this you know this this opportunity has happened because of the funding, but then there's still <laughs> there, there there's still all the logistics of how do we get this thing actually off the ground. Um. Well, so I never realized how dedicated I truly like how dedicated of an individual I was. Never that way, I guess. Prior to Zach, you know, mm-hmm. um, passing away, like I was always. I feel like um, even though I had a good career and stuff, like I, I was this, I don't know, unorganized, chaotic individual. (laughs) (laughs) And then now um, in the last couple of months, really, I think the resilience and, and the fact that this is, this is personal. Right. But um, I don't know. I, I've learned that um, first of all, working, with with other individuals in my community is only going to continue to make us stronger like that's the biggest thing right i can't do this alone sure i can have the vision and i can have the want but it really takes a village to come together and make things like this happen um so that's beautiful and and um that's i guess something that um I don't know. I'm growing. I'm growing with the organization. I'm growing as an individual with this, if that makes sense. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think um, if, if you were able to have uh, an honest conversation with any entrepreneur, um, they, they would, they, they would tell you depending on how far along they are with their project or their initiative or whatever they're doing, they would, they would tell you that it, similar to parenting um, you, you grow as much, from the experience as you help the help the initiative or the business or whatever it is grow um and and that's just a uh a, a, a synergistic 
embryonic experience that that ends up happening um because no matter how many times i've done something as far as entrepreneurial um it's never it's never the same thing twice and and there's always things to learn and um and and i would i would wish i would think <laughs> I, I would think that you would you would go yeah, well, I'll, now I know what to do. And I know what I've done in the past with other things, but every time is a new opportunity um, to grow, to learn. Um, and sometimes that can be frustrating. And other times, uh, you know, it, it's it's good because it still still equates to growth. So you have an event coming up here in a, in a couple of weeks. Um and, and so why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, you have an annual fundraiser that helps uh, support uh, what you're doing, because the the funding that you received is allocated for some very specific things. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be enough to to sustain it uh, alone. So so tell us a little bit about this, um, this event you have coming up. Yeah, so um, November 12th, uh, we have our second annual Marshmallows Hope Gala. And um, what it is, is um, first of all, like a celebration, right? We want to always come together and celebrate the lives that we have impacted and the lives that we have helped as an organization. But um, yes, it's very much a, a fundraiser uh, because you're right, like the funding that we received is allocated for for salaries for very specific things to allow us to run the program, but we still have, um, you know, to, to come up with funding for our insurance, for, um, the mentorship program for just different, different needs. Um, one of the things that we do through marshmallows is we uplift or we promote self-esteem and the first kid I ever mentored, um, when I asked him, you know, what, why do you want to, why do you want to die? He literally told me my haircut isn't good enough. My clothes aren't good enough. And as an adult, you sit back and you think um, that's not something worth dying over. Right. But it's very real for these kids. And so one of the things that we do is we actually promote self-esteem by paying for haircuts, paying for school clothes, paying for dental braces. And so we need to continue raising funds to be able to continue to do these things. Um, and so that's what the gala is all about. It's to celebrate um, the lives that we impact, um, but also to help us raise those funds. And so we definitely hope um, that you would be willing to come out and support um, the, you know, if you're listening, um, tickets are available on our website. Um, and so, yeah, we just, we need all the support we can get. Perfect. And and so with that, uh, the website is, why don't you give us the website and the best way for people to get a hold of you, either regarding the event or getting a, just getting a hold of you to either become a mentor for Marshmallows or maybe make a referral to Marshmallows. Yeah, what's the best way to get a hold of you? So um, it is marshmallowshope.org. And Marshmallows is spelled just like the food, M-A-R-S-H-M-A-L-L-O-W-S. Hope, H-O-P-E dot org. Um, you can get a hold of me either on the website. My email is listed on there, Laura at marshmallowshope.org um, or my cell phone, 847-754-5770, which is the main line for marshmallows. Um, if you wanted to apply for the Hero Mentor Program um, to become a mentor, you would fill out 
the um, application online. So literally everything that you need to know about marshmallows is on our website. And one thing I want to mention too, the gala, um, Kevin Polke is actually our our <laughs> keynote speaker. <laughs> so <laughs> we're super excited to have you and we're so grateful for everything you have done to, to help marshmallows, Kevin, sincerely. Yeah. Well, thank thank you. And I'm I'm looking forward to being there. And Diane and I were just talking about it over the weekend and we're looking looking forward to the event and and obviously the opportunity to support support marshmallows and and share a little bit more um with with, with your audience that is there about um my partnership and Shatter Our Silence's partnership and KP's partnership with marshmallows and and what you are attempting to do from your part of it how to how to make a difference within our community and i think that is probably the biggest thing that you know regardless if it's if it's shatter our silence which is focused on awareness and education or the liam foundation which is focused primarily with um, lgbtq um, population or or what um, the tommy corral foundation is doing you know regarding her group um regarding the the different uh support groups that they're doing and partnering with nami there is more than enough people that are that are hurting right now and all these different ways that we can be able to have resources and be a light in others darkness is really is really the key to this um no one group in itself is going to be able to do to do everything and we know that at kp um that that it's more than counseling it's it's also being involved with other types of support because each one of those groups can can lead to being a protective factor that um to be a resource for for our for our adults as well as our youth so laura i, I appreciate everything that you do i i know that it is it is not by any stretch of the imagination, easy. Um, though I know you have shared many stories of why it's rewarding. Um, it's not easy to walking your own journey while you're there um, being available to help people on their journey. And so um, I appreciate everything that you do um, for our youth and, and for the adults in our community, as well as um, what you do for me and for KP and, and SOS as well. So again, thank you for being um, uh being on the show again and um and we will definitely have you on a fourth and fifth time in the future <laughs> and uh, i will i will include in the show notes all your contact information for anybody who um, wants to not only go to the event on the on november 12th but also um be able to get in contact with you so thank you again laura for being with us thank you kevin have a great day okay so um for anyone who is listening to this, um, uh -huh. if there is somebody who uh, you think needs to needs to hear about um, what Laura is doing with marshmallows, or you would want yourself to get involved, or would you like to go to the event on the twelfth at the Lombardi Club, um, definitely check out her website. I will again have that um, in the show notes. It's www.marshmallowshope.org. All right, thank you again for being here, and I look forward to being with you next week. <music>